Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe. And worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon and welcome to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony and I are here every Tuesday on 104.5 and 106.1 Conroe's FM. And we're here to talk about legal topics. And you know, Tony, I usually create a Facebook event so people will know what we're talking about and all of that. Today we're going to talk about bankruptcy. And I did not create that event. But our listeners, and we know there are a lot of you out there, you guys can uh, message us on Facebook and ask us questions. And if we don't get to them during the show, we always try, or Tony's really good about that, uh, to get to them during the week to answer yes, your questions. Yes, we travel so much that drive time for me is communicating with our listener time. I will return calls while I'm on the road. Right. Okay. So we're talking about bankruptcy. Tony, you have a something going on. Uh, a case, not you, but something about bankruptcy. So today we're going to talk about bankruptcy. Well, not just me, but um, it's just something that, uh, you know, I've done some cases with them before, and uh, and I am going back to another adversary trial in bankruptcy court next week. So it's something that I have been working on, um, but it sort of uh, it, it came to my attention that a lot of people aren't familiar with bankruptcy, people that haven't a lot of people are familiar with it because they don't pay their debts yeah. and they declare bankruptcy to get, uh, and to me, they're like deadbeats. And a lot of them are my friends too. And uh, not close friends, but it's not the right thing to do. You should pay your debts, right? right, right. But uh, we also get involved in it because as attorneys, people get judgments against them. And right. there's three ways to uh, take care of a judgment. You can uh, satisfy it. You can uh, appeal it. Or you can declare bankruptcy to avoid it. And uh, a lot of people do that third one, which is really wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... You can pay it, but the, you're saying they can pay it, but they just don't want to, so they declare bankruptcy. Right. And some people really can't pay it, but that's... That it's doesn't... Right. A lot of people can't pay judgments immediately. That doesn't mean it goes away. Uh, the, uh, what we've talked about in other shows is if someone gets a judgment against them, um, it's filed um, in the clerk's, the county clerk's office, and uh, it's, it can be renewed every 10 years, and so the judgment stays alive, and any non-exempt assets of a person that owed the judgment can be executed upon by the person that owned, has the judgment. Okay, so you're talking about what are non-exempt assets? I'm sure our listeners want to know that. And I wish I had that list in front of me, and I'm sure we have it in our paperwork well, somewhere it's not, in Yeah, here. it's not your home. Uh, yeah, right, but um, non-exempt assets in Texas, it's, it's state by state. Uh, and I don't have a list right in front of me, but you can find it if you Google it, non-exempt assets. And they're the, the type of assets that can't be captured if you declare bankruptcy or if you have a debt against a debtor and they come after you. Not just a judgment, but somebody's coming after you and they want payment. Now, that wouldn't include something that's collateralized because, of course, it's, not, not, it's going to fall outside of the realm of non-exemption. But non-exempt in Texas is going to be Typically, um, your homestead, uh, a a, a car per each person, um, so much money in the bank. This comes up all the time with child support, too. What can they, what can the government attack? Um, But 
But those are, there's a whole long list of the clothes you're wearing. Um, it's like it's like less than thirty thousand dollars cash, right. Personal property, a car, and your house, something like that. Yeah, the cash is going to be even much lower than that because <coughs> cash shouldn't be something that's exempt. But there's a certain amount of there's a certain level for jewelry. And man, I wish I had that. It's a great question. <laughs> I don't have right in front of me. But the assets that cannot be taken um, and are not that that uh, what was the term? It always sounds backwards to me in bankruptcy. Um, they are just, your debt is not dischargeable on non-exempt assets. So in other words, the government can't come in. Uh, like, I, I love the Michael Brown example because he died and you know, he had declared bankruptcy in large part to prevent his wife's attorneys from getting his entire estate. Yeah. And so he declared bankruptcy and I uh, became more involved in the bankruptcy uh, sort of uh, dimension of things in, in life when I started going to the, uh, the auctions, the bankruptcy auctions they had over here at Webster's Auction Palace. His, his estate was Yes, he was still alive, and his, his divorce was ongoing and alive and well. But as we discussed in one of our, our, a couple of other shows, um, the, uh, he had declared bankruptcy to stay, uh, I think, I don't think there was any foreclosures going on, but he was trying to prevent uh, the, basically, his wife's attorneys from taking attorney's fees out of everything he owned and, and various other things. But he declared bankruptcy, and, and I, we're going to get into who can declare bankruptcy and who can't, what qualifies you for bankruptcies and the types in a little <coughs> bit. But, um, but he had declared bankruptcy so that the creditors couldn't get to his property. And uh, and, and because of the type of bankruptcy they declared was a chapter, I think it was a chapter 13. Chapter 7 means you have no assets. Of course, he had assets. Chapter 13 means you have assets, but you're going to get a payment plan to pay off your debtors. And part of that includes the trustee taking your assets to pay your debts. Mm -hmm. And so many of his assets ended up on the chopping block, and they went to this auction. And there were many people that benefited by it because he had amazing stuff. The guy was fabulously wealthy. And uh, it included watches and jewelry and all that stuff. So those were not ex not those were non they were not exempt, exempt assets because the trustee could take those. But he got to keep running his business and he got to keep a bunch of cars and he got to keep a bunch of making stuff. money. He got yeah to keep he was still being able, he was able to function. But if you're going to declare bankruptcy, that means your um, your assets uh, are lower than your debts. And so the bankruptcy trustee comes in and and takes care of that. I'm going to, you have to list all of your assets and they come in and say, okay, we're going to sell these so we can pay these people. And then what, when it all comes, when it, when it all boils down to is that your creditors are going to get, depending on where they are in the hierarchy of being a creditor, um, they're going to get paid back. If they're secured creditor, they get the security back. If they're a non-secured creditor, which is what happened with Rachel Brown, her uh, attorneys made her a non-secured creditor, but the attorneys made themselves Secured creditors. I don't know how they did that. I have to okay, look at the details. so you're saying in the, that divorce, the the divorce decree and what she got and all of the split of the estate and all that, she was a non-secured creditor? The, the attorneys came in. Against her husband or now ex-husband? I have to look at the actual. I don't have it in front of me. I don't but the that. attorneys were secured? The attorneys made, they filed a claim and made themselves secured, but they were representing her and made her not secured. So she was in a lower level than them. So in other words... 
they they I, I, I don't remember how they did it, but they had a hierarchy much higher than her. Wow. They were going to get paid way before she was. And that was part of her uh, legal malpractice suit against them was, how come I'm the client, but you're getting you're going to benefit more than I am. Yeah. It should be the other way around. And I can't remember how they did that. And I wasn't prepared enough today to look at her, to analyze her particular bankruptcy, or, or not hers, but the bankruptcy estate of her deceased husband, because they, he died before the divorce was final, is how this all came about. Right. But um, but that that kind of goes toward answering your question. You can have tons of assets and still declare bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Uh, bankruptcy is used as a tool a lot with people that are facing foreclosure because it automatically stays a foreclosure. The problem you have is that it's when when the dust settles, you're still going to have to face the music of, did you pay this debt? And it's, you know, bankruptcy is not going to excuse you from um, from a purchase money debt for your house. It's not going to, it's not going to, oh, we're going to renegotiate your house so that you owe less. And the, No, it's, it's a secured debt. Secured debt debtors get paid. And that's why a lot of times when people declare bankruptcy, they they make a deal with their car dealerships or the people, the car, uh, the, the holders of the lien. Right. So that they say, I want to work with them. I don't want this debt forgiven. I want to pay them on some payment plan. Right. Which is why part of the deal for getting a bankruptcy uh, approved is you have to go meet with a counselor so that they can work out payment plan and find out if you really want to declare bankruptcy, which we're going to get into the advantages and disadvantages of declaring that. But the the bottom line is don't declare bankruptcy if you're truly not bankrupt and you're just trying to avoid a big judgment because what's going to happen is that uh, that judgment debtor who is very happy that they finally got justice is going to be none too happy and they're likely going to take you to court in bankruptcy court. So you're just going to be paying more attorneys. It's better just to be fair and honest. If you really can't afford to pay, the if you really are bankrupt, then that's a different story. But it's unlikely that that one judgment debt is going to kick you into bankruptcy, um, especially if the if the debt was, um, if the basis of it was fraud. The basis of the debt that you owe? Yeah, the, the, de- ba- the basis of the debt that you got in the district court, whether it be a United States district court or a state district court or JP court or mm-hmm. whatever court it may be. If the basis for that debt was fraud, and a lot of times that happens with people moving stock around, mm-hmm. you know, and if this is very typical where someone will have a, um, a company uh, and the person that's got control of the stocks uh, now owes one the stockholders money or the, some of the stockholders are not happy with the way they're doing things. And so the people that are controlling the stocks, mm-hmm. uh, the, um, the officers of the, the company, the mm-hmm. managers, mm-hmm. they sell the stock for pennies on the dollar, or they fraudulently move it somewhere else. They move the assets somewhere else. Right. So I that, have, so that there's, like that going on so right there's no longer a value to that company. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Happens all the time. So the person that is owed money is, whether they're a stockholder or a judgment lien holder, um, they, they're, they're holding something that has no value. Well, there's fraud. That's called fraudulent transfer. Mm-hmm. And they've, they've, the person that owes the money has fraudulently transferred either before the judgment came in or after it came in or at some point there was, they, they've moved something and they've moved it for no value so that it cannot be reached by the person that's entitled to it. That's right. a fraudulent transfer. Right. That's the type of thing that you cannot get a bankruptcy. You're not going to win a bankruptcy case on. And if you do, that particular debt is not going to be discharged. 
So don't be don't be a liar. Yeah. You know, it's just not right. fair. So, but before we get into all of that, which we've gotten into way too much, I wanted to get into more of the basics, bankruptcy 101. You're going to tell us something about um, in in well, biblical times, something well, way, way before this. So one of the things we were talking about before the show is uh, we were talking about how bankruptcy got started. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, prior to, uh, I think it was 1837, people could force... Uh, creditors could force debtors into bankruptcy. Is that the United States or Texas? I'm talking about the United wow, States. Wow, so it was just right around the same time Texas was had become a you know independent of Mexico. Right, right. So creditors could force debtors into bankruptcy. And there was some sort of financial uh, trauma or turmoil, whatever, that happened in mm-hmm. 1837 mm-hmm. that uh, led to the Bankruptcy Act of 1841. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the Bankruptcy Act of 1841 was the first time that debtors themselves could actually declare bankruptcy. I think that's oh, interesting. It is very interesting because, because we, we were... think of that. And I always think of uh, when we laugh about this on The Office, when Michael comes out and says, I declare bankruptcy. And Oscar says, Michael, you cannot just say, I declare <laughs> bankruptcy. And you're he said, I didn't say it. I declared it. You know? <laughs> that's but that's true. what we always think about bankruptcy yeah. is that the individual uh, declares bankruptcy. Right. But that we didn't have that here in the United States until 1841. Well, and that's only like 50 years after we had our de- independence from from England. Yeah. So and that was these that people, you know, I don't know what people think about history and stuff, but I know that at least when I was younger, I always thought, oh, whatever they, old grandpa did back in the 1840s. They were very sophisticated and, business And people. you are like a, a theologically advanced for someone that doesn't, that, that would think that. So this must have been before you became a, a minister? Uh, uh, an ordained minister. Yeah. Yes. But no, I'm an attorney too. Yeah. Well, I know, but history from a biblical standpoint, that well, is the most and, important book. Speaking of that... Back uh, Deuteronomy 15.1, this is interesting. Uh, every seven years, God said to forgive anyone who owes you any money, all your debts, all your, not your, <clears throat> not your debts, but any of your debtors, forgive them. So is that like from the heart or you don't owe them the debt anymore? You don't owe them the debt because anymore. Because I can forgive a lot of people from the heart, but I'm not letting up on them. Mm-mm. So so that kind of goes to kind of a moral dilemma now. If God did that then, should we be forgiving our debtors after seven years? Uh, if they have done you wrong? Well, I mean, I don't know, Tony. I, it's, I it's, think God would have had the same thing. I think there would have been a provision in there that said, like Section 523 and 727, if the debt was um, obtained, if they really couldn't pay you, you should forgive them, just like in bankruptcy. Well, and but I if it's it, a fraudulent it, thing, no. I think it goes to, I mean, if you really think about that, if I loaned you something, if mm-hmm. I was a bank or any kind of institution or whatever, and I knew that you had to be good for that debt mm-hmm. for seven years, and after that, you weren't good for it, <clears throat> I'm sure it changed their financial transactions. They were different yeah. than ours are now. But I would think just like in the old, just like now, you would have a, a collateral or security. So the person that loaned the guy a debt for his vineyard, the oxen or whatever, if you try to put it in kind of your mind, like Ben-Hur, or the Ten Commandments or whatever, um, then um, he would have had the collateral of the, the oxen or he'd had something to fall back on. And then you could forgive the debt. Well, but, because they paid him back. So right. I, I think there was probably... A real effort, a sincere mm-hmm. effort to right. pay that if debt If there's a back. sincere effort, that's exactly what our bankruptcy system is supposed to do. It's yeah. to forgive the honest debtor who just has come upon bad times, hard time, 
has done the very best they can and under circumstances they didn't have any control over need to get a fresh start. It happens all the time. But not and if even, it's fraud. Even, well, right. But what Deuteronomy 15.1 says, at the end of every seventh year, you must cancel debts of everyone who owes you money. Hmm. Well, all I can say is that that person was living high on the hog and he was going to pass over on the best donkeys and he was living in a castle on the hill and he was not paying his slaves. But he also, uh, you, he owed a debt to the, the guy next door that lent him, you know, got him started. I don't, I think that there would be, I think God would punish him in a different way if he got away with that and you had forgiven him. Because isn't there another like verse where, um, verse, there is something in the Bible where if the, if somebody lent you money, well, I'm thinking of a different one. It's where God gives them the talons and they don't use the talons properly. And, one and then one guy it in the buries dirt. it. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I forgot. I forgot what that whole verse was. What was that one about? Well, it's not a verse. It's a whole parable. <laughs> but, but so it's bad. about. It's about. That's about. Or you know, Christian people think that that is about God giving you things, and you not only not being responsible with what He's given you, but you kind of being a brat about it. You know, yeah. you have a gift and you hide it and say, well, and they, that guy actually said, well, I knew you to be a cruel taskmaster wanting a reward for something you didn't work for. So mm -hmm. I just hit it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and what happened to that guy? Oh, he gets the whole book thrown at it. Okay, so God would throw the book at the same people that were fraudulently saying that they didn't have money to pay their debt while going on vacations and buying jet skis yeah, and living in million-dollar houses. It's a similar attitude. Mm -hmm. It's okay. a, I'm going to get away with what I can get away with because I don't trust you and I deserve to get away so with So I it. say that you forgive them in your heart every seven years, but you should still but God get God didn't say that. God oh. said every seven years you forgive them all the money. But I'll bet you anything, our, our, their business transactions were a lot different than ours are. Yeah. I mean, we have 30-year notes on our houses. Yeah. You, know, so you can't forgive that after yeah. saying that's the truth. Yeah, that's it true. wouldn't work that way. Well, I think that uh, Dick we, had told us to take a, break? a long time ago. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we, Tony and I are here today talking about bankruptcy. We're going to take a break and we will be right back. Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. Does your company have needs that can be met by an employee who is dependable, hardworking, enthusiastic, motivated, cooperative, respectful, and punctual? Conroe Independent School District Special Education Department can meet your needs by connecting you with potential employees that have been preparing for a lifetime of employment. We have numerous individuals seeking paid and unpaid work experiences. If your company is interested in seeing how we can meet your business needs, call Conroe ISD Special Education Department to find the best employees for you at 936 709-7671. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available in Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. 
Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony and I are talking about bankruptcy, and we want to remind you guys that you can uh, you can message us live on Facebook and uh, send us your questions, and we'll also get back to your questions during the week. Uh, we're talking about bankruptcy today, and uh, Tony, I just want to go through just some basic terms that people need to know when uh, they're thinking about bankruptcy or they're in a situation where they have to file for bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, it happens. You know, I just want to throw this in. I think it's so sad. You know, we're like, oh, don't fall for bankruptcy. It's so, it's such a sin, you know. And I was looking up some stuff, and I saw this thing that said, um, filing the three things that filing for bankruptcy could affect your relationship with God. And I was like, oh, please, whatever, <laughs> you know. But anyway. If you lie, it will. Well, yeah, that's different. But someone that finds himself in a bankrupt situation mm-hmm. sincerely, and that's really what we're talking mm-hmm. about. You know, I know we're talking about the nefarious person out uh-huh. there, too. Right, right. Well, and, and we have to. You can't have a discussion about bankruptcy without talking about people who manipulate the system. There are people that truly need to file for bankruptcy. Right. I remember when my dad um, had anticipated filing for bankruptcy after his company went south because yeah. um, he worked for IBM, and then IBM, he came up with a, a, a particular type of product, it was called Energy Interface Systems, where they would uh, have, it was when small computers were first coming out, and he was going to do this for for companies. Well, the idea was amazing, and three of the guys left IBM, and they started their own company. Well, IBM, like Apple would, or like Google, or not Google, but Amazon or whatever, but a a large company, they were able to quickly, um, Microsoft is what I was thinking of, they were able to, unlike Microsoft, so they didn't have a patent on it, they were able to create the same type of thing, but cheaper with the name brand on it. So it put my dad into bankruptcy and we had nothing. Right. And he didn't end up filing for bankruptcy, but um, it would have been, I think at the time would have kept our electricity on from time to time. It might've been helpful and it may have uh, kept him alive a little bit longer. He died very young. And part of that was stress. Stress will kind of put you into the grave if you let money things bother you and you don't um, take care of it. And bankruptcy would have helped him. But uh, okay, that, well, so we've got these terms, though, like, uh, and that's wonderful. Thank God he didn't. He wonderful. didn't. Terrible. You know? Okay, so you have a bankruptcy trustee. A bankruptcy trustee is usually an attorney uh-huh. that's appointed when you file for bankruptcy. Like you were saying, you've got all these Right, there's these a few filings. bankruptcy trustees that the federal judges appoint, and they are like the keepers of the estate. They, yeah. are, they are charged with going through and making sure that um, finding out what your assets are, and then making sure the creditors get paid. Right. They act on behalf of the creditors. They decide, like you were talking about earlier, you know, they pay the secured liens first. And I want our listeners to know that a secured lien is something that has, they've gone through a process of filing. Uh, they've they've attached the money that they fronted the debtor who is now in bankruptcy to some type of collateral or something like that. Unsecured creditors fall lower in the ranking, and those are usually like credit card companies mm-hmm. or unsecured creditors. But you have this bankruptcy trustee. It's a person, it's a corporation that's appointed to make sure all the people that you owe money get paid. And there's usually one for each. Each judge has a few, and um, they're the same ones you'll work with over and over again. And um, 
hard job. Uh, they have to decide on which ones they're really going to go after because the bankruptcy trustee has to get paid out of the assets of the estate. Right. So he wants to he wants to manage the the disbursement of whatever is left in the estate mm-hmm. in a, such a way that there's some money left over for right, him. They don't get paid either. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so before credit counseling, before you're allowed to file for bankruptcy, you're going to have to go through some type of credit counseling. I know a lot of this is done online now. Uh, and you got to kind of sit through classes and read and answer questions and stuff like that to uh, show that you understand how irresponsible you've been. Well, we had a client recently who's um, deadbeat, now ex-husband filed for bankruptcy, and he went to the credit counseling, and he was not bankrupt. He was trying to avoid child support. He was yeah. trying to rip off the system. And fortunately, it was so bad, and he lied so much on his bankruptcy filings. But he did go to the, he did everything he was supposed to do. But he did it. He did it for fraud. Yeah. And it, it was so bad that he was caught and they dismissed his well, case. Good. I'm so. glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when bankruptcy proceedings are complete, the bankruptcy is considered discharged. So that's another term. It happens really fast, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's discharged. It occurs after the assets have been sold and now, the creditors paid. Now, that's if uh, you have a Chapter 7 bankrupt. There's, there's three different types of, there's three primary types. Well, under 13, it occurs when you've completed your repayment plan. Right. In 13, you have a repayment plan. So Chapter 7 is a um, no-asset bankruptcy. Well, like You're saying I have no asset. Michael Brown, right? So all of his stuff was split up. I can't remember if he said he was no-asset. I'll I'll bet you. I'm pretty sure if your your debt exceeds your your assets, then you're going to be a no-asset. But I can't remember. But I know a lot of people, you can't. I take that back. And I made the highest grade bankruptcy, so I should know all this stuff. You can't declare bankruptcy unless you're at least $1, your debts exceed your assets by at least $1. So whether you claim a Chapter 13 because you want to reorganize and keep some of your assets by paying off on them, or a Chapter 7, I have no assets, just take them all and sell it and pay off my debt. It's going to be, that's what your your debt, um, when you go to your meeting, is going to determine. And also when you fill out all your forms, and if you hire a bankruptcy attorney, they're going to let you know what the best chapter is for you to file. It can go either way. People file chapter seven improperly because they're trying to defraud somebody. I have nothing. People file chapter 13 and it goes to a chapter seven because they shouldn't be allowed to keep what they have because they're not paying their, they're not even paying what their, their, um, what the trustee has set out for them to pay. Uh, and, but we'll get in that to a little bit. There's, there's chapter seven, which is a no asset, chapter 13, which is reorganization for personal and chapter 11, which is a reorganization for for Business. businesses, right? Corporate. Um, okay, so there's exempt property in a mm-hmm. bankruptcy. There's exempt property, and uh, you know it varies from state to state. We talked mm-hmm. about this a little earlier. It varies from state to state, but it's typically things like tools that you use for work, mm-hmm. your personal vehicle, mm-hmm. and uh, any equity that you have in a homestead. Right. And, te- and Texas is a very good state to declare bankruptcy. It is. In. It protects. We have many more. Um, not it's exempt or not. It, it give, you can keep more assets. Yeah. Yeah, you sure can. So, uh, and then there are liens. Tony's been talking about liens the whole show, but it's just a judgment. <laughs> or it's some some type of filing uh, that you owe money, and it uh, can also be a judgment lien. Right. There's different types of liens. The IRS liens, the child support liens, but it's something that you owe legally. Okay. I'm going to talk about this. Debts that cannot be forgiven okay. in bankruptcy. Most student loan debt. Sorry, guys. I most, know. I thought all. Yeah. Student loan debt. M- most student loan debt. Mm-hmm. 
Although some members of Congress are working to change this, mm -hmm. which is good to know. That's fair because people are getting student loans and they're using it and not going to school with it. Or they're getting the education from the system and then not paying the government back. Mm -hmm. That's unfair. Yeah, it is unfair. But, you know, I think it's a big racket, too, Tony. I it think is. it's such those, a racket. Those banks that are lending it, those oh, interest yeah. rates are huge. And now, they say, oh, you'll Obama, pay it off in 10 years. Well, under Obama, the interest rate went up from, what, 2 to 3% to 6 to 7 like a normal loan. Mm -hmm. And these college graduates can't even hardly find a job Do you now. remember when you went to law school, did you get a million calls from banks saying, Oh, you took your LSAT. Let's, we'll give you a loan. Oh, yeah. I got call after call, just cold calls at my house saying, hey, do you need a loan? And oh, yeah. I didn't want a loan. I'd I know. Pay, I'd paid for all of my college through work myself. Right. And then when I, and I didn't do it at first, but they kept, I was just, they were suddenly saying, oh, well, were you qualified? And suddenly I was getting checks sent to me and it was really hard to turn down a check. I don't even, it must have been over the phone. I don't remember filling any application out. I was getting checks. No, they just, they, it's, you're, a, you're an attorney. And so you're, they, they send risk. the money to the law school and then the law school office would say, I've got a check here for you. And I was, the first time I got one, I was puzzled. And then it's like the devil and you finally take them and use them for other things. Yeah, you pay off your money for that tuition. But if you've already got, you know, you're settled, you don't need the rest of the money, you should be saving it. Anyway, they're, they're a racket and it took, it, it you never pay them off. It's not 10 years. And finally, um, Finally, with the help of my husband, I was able to pay mine all off, just cold turkey, just pay it that's off. That's good, and save all that interest, mm -hmm. which that's what I'm talking about, the racket. But anyway, so debts that can't be forgiven. Most student loan debt, mm -hmm. hopefully, um, Congress will do something to change this. Court-ordered alimony, like mm -hmm. you said, that client or, or person mm -hmm. uh, married to your client. Don't think that you're going to, oh, I'm just going to agree to this, and I'm going to declare bankruptcy, so I don't have to pay them. Yeah, that's no, you, they do. you've got to pay that. A uh, court-ordered child support. Mm -hmm. What a shock. Nobody's going to get and out of that's that. That's kind of a sad thing, too, because <clears throat> people don't, um, you know, it'll be the DNA test like that. What's that song? It ain't nothing but a gold digger. And <laughs> you find out that it's not even your kid after 18 years. And you, yeah. uh, but, but people will, will agree or by default they'll end up with this child support or they actually have the child living with them. Mm -hmm. But this, this order has gone on for years and years. And then they go crossways at the end of a 20-year relationship after the kid has grown, and there's this huge debt. Well, now they're going to have to go to court and prove that they were living with them or whatever, but but you can't get rid of it. If it's accruing, it's accruing. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So. Uh, reaffirmed debt. I think that's important because if that's not intuitive. If something has been dismissed in bankruptcy mm -hmm. and they call you up and say, oh, but you just owed us $25,000, so mm -hmm. can we create this payment plan? Mm -hmm. And you go, oh, I feel so guilty because I'm such a bum. I had to file for a bankruptcy. <laughs> and so you work out a payment plan with I them. Doubt they're gonna do that. They can get you for the whole amount, even yeah. though it was canceled in bankruptcy. So well, that's like the telephone solicitor is calling you at the house and you're like, well, do I? Because you're... You, my clients would be confused about whether it was a new debt or not. That's how loose they are with their money. They'd be like the they Michael can, Browns of the world. They confused, just kinda... right. Do not promise to pay back a debt that's been discharged in bankruptcy. If right. you went through all the trouble mm -hmm. and cost of going through bankruptcy and filing and getting all that those That goes like dismissed. back to our other show. Don't sign something or agree to something unless you've reviewed it and you know what it is. Right. Because you're going to be stuck with it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Just play dumb until you can figure out Still what it is. Dumb. Say I'm no, speak with my attorney. because you're, yeah. <laughs> play dumb and speak to your attorney until you can figure out what it really it's is. It's not playing dumb though at all. It is, yeah. I really don't, don't know what like, you're talking about right. and I need to Don't act like you know my something. Attorney. Can you, you send me the information? Exactly. Don't blow them off. They may, it may be legitimate and they'll come after you, but you do want to ask for more information and then 
run it by us or an attorney. Right. Somebody, somebody that you trust to look at it first. Right. Uh, federal tax liens for taxes owed to the U.S. government are not dischargeable in bankruptcy. I have several cases where people have said, well, I filed that tax or I, 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 I filed the return because I, I, I said here, well, they really didn't file it and making a motion saying you filed it isn't the motion to file it or declaring it like you just mm-hmm. said isn't filing it. So, yeah, um, there have been a lot of cases where people have tried to get around them. You, you are going against a federal court yeah. dealing with federal liens. Never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Yeah. So don't try to even go there. Um, government fines and penalties are not dischargeable, and court fines and penalties are not dischargeable. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that are not dischargeable. Mm-hmm. Now, those are the ones that are those are by law not dischargeable. Right. However, if you've got a judgment lien, and that was what we were talking about, if somebody, it, whatever the lien may be, if somebody owes you money and they're trying to, whether it's a judgment or just a debt, it doesn't have to be a judgment. It can right. just be a debt. It can be a car debt or whatever. If they don't want to, if someone doesn't pay it and they've gone to declare bankruptcy not to pay it, for an example, somebody, a, a um, what do you call it? When someone's trying to buy your house from you and you've owner financed it and they've lived there for 10 years and they they haven't paid you the money on it. And and so now they're saying, well, I do, I'm going to file for bankruptcy so I don't owe you the back rent and I don't owe you that judgment, but I still want to stay here and I'm going to file for bankruptcy so you can't kick me out of the house and I can stay here like a free letter. I've got a case just like that right now. Oh, so they didn't they didn't file for bankruptcy, but they won't leave. And so we're having to go to court to get rid of them. It's really, when you have one of these contract for deeds to um, where it's an owner finance are, and they're, they're really strict about this kind of thing to protect the little guy. But the little guy has become very good about how to defraud the person that's right. giving it to him. There's a lot of criminals out there. So somebody that was innocently entering the contract with somebody who was a, a crook. And so um, with these type of cases, you need to uh, file a claim in, if they file for bankruptcy and they've listed you on the bankruptcy claim showing that you're a debtor, then that person that is owed the debt has to timely file a claim in bankruptcy court or they're going to lose their ability for it not to be discharged. They've got to file a claim. And um, then if that, the, filing the claim is not all because if you're not one of these these people that, uh, one of these these uh, types of debt that automatically will not be forgiven, like right. a child support or whatever, then if <laughs> then if you don't, don't work something out with the trustee, the trustee says, another example of somebody that's going to get their money back is security. If you've got security, then the car company will get the car back. They may not get the debt back, but they'll get the car back. They're going to get what the security it is. So um, if this person um, owes you the money and they they filed for bankruptcy, and they tried to defraud you. And I was kind of losing my train of thought on that. If they, um, you have to oh, go. You have to file. You have to file an adversary suit. So you can't just say I'm filing in a the claim. same court that they have filed bankruptcy yes. in. And it's it's another procedure. So that if the trustee says, well, you're only going to get this much on the dollar. Don't. You've got a certain number of time. There's a time limit that you can file what's called a 523 claim or a 727 claim. And a 523 claim, and it's like, what is that number? The number is in the, I think it's 11 United States Code 523. But mm-hmm. it's, it actually stands for the uh, where, what the statute number is. And they're, they're basically saying these are the reasons that you can't, that, that the court will find if you go to trial, whether it's a bench trial or a jury trial, these are, the court will find that this debt cannot, should not be forgiven. And it's usually going to be because of fraud. Um, fraud or a line that said, now, if somebody makes a promise to you to pay something, that's not a reason that you're going to, that they'll find fraud. If someone is just 
hard on their luck. They made a promise they'd pay, you know, bad times, like, you know, the stock market crashed or whatever. That's different from fraud. Uh, if they've actually lied to you, the premise for what they, they gave to you, the, the, the premise of them not paying you was fraud, okay? Not, I just couldn't afford it. I, I can't meet my promise, all right? Yeah, yeah, I like this, Tony. This is in one of the things, um, handouts that you were covering. Uh, fraud is lying about an existing fact, not breaking a promise. So what really is fraud? I mean, you've been using that word. So uh, it, I like this. Fraud involves a lie about a present or existing fact, okay? Mm-hmm. Fraud is lying. Right. It's not, oh, I didn't know. Oh, uh, or I'm hard on my luck. Or can't you give me a break and the baby doesn't have milk? Yeah. Fraud is, or I'll pay I need back, to go. I promise. Yeah, I promise I pay you. And you, and they're not paying you. And at the same time, they're going to Las Vegas and they're they're buying jet skis and they live in a half million dollar house. And they're saying, oh, but we can't pay you, but they can pay everybody else. That's That's fraud when they're saying they can't pay you, but they're but they really can pay you. Yeah. Fraud involves a significant misrepresentation of an existing fact the creditor relied on. Right. So it's 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 lying. Right. It's not, oh, I promise I'll pay you in the future if you give me this money. And then all of a sudden, you know, everything goes bust and you don't, you can't fraud, pay them back. An example of fraud is if you've got security, whether it be in stock or in the actual property itself. Um, and, and, this person that has, you've, you've secured your debt with it, and we can use it, like I say, with a company or whatever. There's a whole broad gambit of security. And the person that owes you the money takes that security and moves it. Yeah. They give it to someone else right. for zero amount as a gift. They move it so you cannot find it, so you can't get paid. That is a lie. That is fraud. They are preventing you from recovering on a promise, not just a promise, mm-hmm. they secured it with something and now they've lied about that security. Mm-hmm. That's full out fraud and they're not going to get away with that if you can prove it. And but, that's that's what the bankruptcy trustee does. They go in there and they capture all the assets and they make sure... The bankruptcy trustee may not know about the fraud. The bankruptcy trustee is going by word of whatever they've filed in their bankruptcy proceeding, right. which there's a lot of paperwork. Bankruptcy proceeding, that's an esoteric type of law where bankruptcy attorneys have all the forms. They're all, and there's a lot of forms. There's a lot of schedules and you have to be very honest about it. What are your assets? What are your debts? How long have you lived here? You're, you're filling a lot of stuff under oath though. So don't lie about it. Right. And um, when, not you, but whoever's filing. Sure. Yeah, so, so when they go in there, but that's what, that's what the bankruptcy trustee is relying upon. And they're just going in and they're trying to find it. And these people hide the assets. So if the bankruptcy trustee doesn't know the assets exist, then they can't find them to sell them. That's why you have fraud on the creditor. The creditor has to come back around and say, I'm filing this claim because I have a security and they've ditched the car, they've torched the car, they've sold the stock, they've, they've given it, they've put it into, this is fraud. And so the bankruptcy trustee is like, I can only do what I can do. However, you're not out in the cold because you can file a 523 claim, mm-hmm. which is, but basically if you look at all the different prongs to it, mm-hmm. that is going to be fraud on that particular judgment or lien. Now, a 727 claim mm-hmm. is they've committed fraud on the entire estate. They have lied when they when they filed the bankruptcy. They were not bankrupt, and they have committed fraud against a lot of people. In fact, the government does not like a liar. And if you've lied to the government in your bankruptcy proceedings, that's fraud on the entire estate, and they will dismiss it. And even if it's been discharged, if you filed it, it they will put everything back like it's live again. You're going to re-owe those debts. It, whatever the value of what it was that, that you owed, it's there back again. So they're not going to get away with it. But the only way you can stop the fraud is not, oh gosh, look what I have. 
poor pitiful me. Yeah. They, I got this lien, and now look, they're done. They declared bankruptcy. No, you go in there and you fight, and it's hard. But it's like everything else was said. You don't give up unless unless there's something you learn in the process that there really was. You know, it wasn't fraud after all. But if you uncover all the facts and you find out it's fraud, do not give up. Right. The Bible. Well, we had, we had a client. We had a client that her soon-to-be ex-husband did that, and you caught him about the bankruptcy. Do you remember? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. That's one of the ones we we're talking about. Yeah. Now, Dick was saying we had two minutes. Or are we are we at our break time? <laughs> so. What is that? I guess uh, we are the Legal Connection Show. And and we're going to take a break. Yeah, and we'll be right back after this break. Check out the fastest growing sport in the world. It's right here in Conroe, Texas, and it's Roller Derby. Conroe Roller Derby is a nonprofit recreational league of women and men who want you to come and check out the fast paced, hard hitting game of roller derby. The Conroe Cutthroats practice at Rainbow Roller Rink on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. You can find our game schedule and more information on our website, www.conroerollerderby.com. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service has been dedicated to educating Texans for over a century. In 1915, the Extension Program was established under the federal Smith-Lever Act to deliver university knowledge and agricultural research findings directly to the people. Ever since, AgriLife Extension Programs have addressed the emerging issues of the day, serving diverse populations across the state. Texans turn to Extension for solutions in horticulture, agriculture, 4-H and youth, and family and consumer sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at 1 o'clock for the AgriLife Extension Hour. A Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony and I are talking about bankruptcy today. And Tony, you wanted to, what did you want to say? Um, there was, a, I just forgot about when you want to file a claim. Um, when you file an adversary case, it can be filed by the trustee who discovers the fraud, or it can be filed by the creditor who wants to be able to keep their judgment alive. And uh, when you file a motion, again, you file either the 523 or the 727, there's time frames involved in that, all right? Um, a fraudulent act can occur either before the bankruptcy case or part, as a part of the bankruptcy filing, and you file it under uh, 11 U.S.C. 523, A246 of the main ones are 727, A237. Now, when you file a motion, if the debtor received a discharge in a previous matter and isn't entitled to another discharge, you object to the discharge using a motion process, and we're kind of getting into little details about what bankruptcy attorneys do, but more importantly... You must file an objection within 60 days of the date of the creditor's meeting. Um, the deadline date will appear on the notice of the Chapter 7 bankruptcy, and it's also going to be the Chapter 13 bankruptcy, but there's a creditor's meeting, which really it's just 
it's not even like a, a meeting where you have to be there. It's just a, the creditor and the trustee is there. You should be there if you're the debtor, but as a creditor, you don't have to be there. You're just kind of watching them talk at a table, right? Right. Um, now, if the uh, a creditor or trustee can object to a discharge and examples of the reason that there will be an objection is kind of what we had talked about before, but in a nutshell. Perjury by providing false information on a bankruptcy petition is a reason, are the schedules, either one, petition are the schedules. And it's all in this kind of cookie cutter, fill in the blank format that your bankruptcy attorney will fill out for you. But if you lie about any of that, it can be your bankruptcy will go away and you're in trouble because that's a, that's a, that's a crime. Mm-hmm. Transferring the title or property to another person to avoid including it in the bankruptcy. Happens all the time, but they're trying to get away from the, the bankruptcy trustee getting the stuff you like. I want to clear bankruptcy, but I don't want to pay for that new refrigerator and all right, that, so I'm right. going to give it to my brother. Yeah. Okay? Um, destroying property or documents. Oops, did, it, did the dog eat it? Did it get destroyed in a flood? Did the fire get it? Because you don't want to show your paper trail, and it's not shown anywhere else. So um, that's if they can discover that or if you as the creditor can prove it, which you may have to, mm-hmm. then it'll be discharged, or you should prevail in your 523 or 727 case. Lying to the bankruptcy trustee or a judge at hearings are, um, are failing to obey a, law, uh, a lawful order of a bankruptcy court. People lie to the trustee all the time because the trustee suddenly found something and you're like, oh, well, that's what a 2004 exam is. It's actually a, um, it's a deposition by the bankruptcy trustee or a creditor, but it's called a 2004 because that's the number it is in the code. And it's a little deposition. And it can just be recorded as long as it's under oath. And anything you say in that 2004 exam, if you lie, you're lying to the trustee. And people don't, they, they, they lie all the time. So take full advantage of a 2004 exam. If people can do it without an attorney, it's kind of difficult. But if you get the trustee involved, they will help you because the trustee does not like to be lied to any more than the federal judge does. Yeah. And they will come, they will come and try to help you out, okay? So yeah. that was the main thing was that, um, that the U.S. trustee... The U.S. trustee is not the same as the bankruptcy trustee. That's another thing that I wanted to clarify. The U.S. trustee or the bankruptcy administrator can object to the discharge of all the debts. But the U.S. trustee is the trustee that's over the the, the, the bankruptcy court. In other words, the trustee is representing the creditors, the bankruptcy right, trustee, right. the guy that's in the court that's kind of working with you with the assets. The U.S. trustee is above the bankruptcy trustee. That's who you go to when you're like, what am I going to do? This is complete fraud. What are you going to do about it? So mm-hmm. he's much a higher, and he's not hes not the one dealing with the creditors directly. All right. That being said, I just wanted to kind of add in there. Time is of the essence. You have to file these claims. You, you can't, after one, if you discover fraud in the bankruptcy within a year of the bankruptcy discharge, if you don't file your 727 within that time, it's gone forever. Okay. okay. All right. Well, that's interesting. So here are uh, some interesting facts about bankruptcy. Uh, the bankruptcy will be on your credit report for seven to ten years. Mm-hmm. Okay, a lot of people know the seven years, but it can it can extend beyond that. Many mm-hmm. credit card companies will automatically cancel your credit cards when you file for bankruptcy. They do, but I've seen a lot of people that they they just give you a much much higher interest rate mm-hmm. uh, to get your business. But yeah, they'll cancel it. Mm-hmm. Um, a recent bankruptcy may hinder your ability to obtain a mortgage or a loan. A lot of people know Very that. Much so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tax refunds from federal, state, or local governments may be denied based on your bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a job or housing, some employers or landlords uh, look up your credit report now. Mm-hmm. They do and they should. Lot. And I know a lot of people that don't, and they should have. 
Uh, this is interesting. You may be precluded from being named a director for a limited liability company. Mm -hmm. So you may be precluded from getting the advantage of uh, limited personal liability in something. Mm -hmm. um, after your bankruptcy, we that makes about perfect that. sense though, because if you have declared bankruptcy and that's and you that's sort of your disposition is to bail, then why should you get liability? Why should you be able to enter into a Put, get a corporation set up or a limited liability company so that you are no you won't be liable again. Yeah, Tony, but after that uh, housing, that bubble, that catastrophe in 2008, so many people filed for bankruptcy. They mm -hmm. had to, mm -hmm. you know? And so, I don't know. I, I but you shouldn't, you, then you wouldn't have a limited liability company. You would have a corporation where you would go, you would go sell your product like in, you know, Shark Tank and have somebody invest for you where there, you wouldn't be released of liability. You would be beholden to the stockholders, but you shouldn't have somebody you're just collecting money from to set up. But, but I agree, that was bad during the bubble. But I, know, I, I don't know anybody that filed bankruptcy during the bubble. Oh, gosh, just, I do. I know several people that filed. Yeah. And they had to. But anyway, and they're not, mm -hmm. they're not bombs. <laughs> uh, if you file Chapter 7 bankruptcy, you'll need to wait. If you want to file again for at least eight years, well, that's right. good. right. I mean, mm -hmm. you can't just file and file and file. And that's what our other deadbeat, our, the, the, the person that we share a client with, we both yeah. represented at one point or another. Um, this guy had just filed for bankruptcy on like, the seventh year of the first day. He filed Chapter 7 again. It's just, yeah. That's it what just he did. the system. Yeah. Right. Uh, just drive up a bunch of debt or charge mm -hmm. up a bunch of debt. Mm -hmm. and then. But he, he lied so much. Yeah. And she was able to show a lot of, he had lied to the trustee. Yeah. And that very much upset the trustee who filed a motion for it to be dismissed. I yeah. mean, he just did he just kickballed it right over the fence. So yeah. and he wouldn't and the trustee wouldn't have known it had the ex-wife who was not being paid her alimony judgment and her child support not called the, or actually you email judgment trustees, they don't trust the, the bankruptcy trustees, had not called them and said, You want to look into this. So of course she jeopard these are the kind of people that hurt you. So yeah. you know, you gotta be really careful when you do stuff like mm -hmm. that. Uh, bankruptcy can drive up your insurance premiums. It can impact a search for employment. Uh, as we had already stated, they run, uh, some potential employers run credit checks. Mm -hmm. And bankruptcy can be embarrassing. What a shock. Did our listeners know bankruptcy could be embarrassing? <laughs> I think somebody, yeah, but they wear it like it's a, a star. Yeah. I knew a couple of girls I used to work with, they were like, oh, I'm getting ready to put, I mean, this is really bad. I'm getting ready to clear bankruptcy because, you know, I've got too much debt, too much credit card debt. And they went, quit bugging me. So she immediately went out with another credit card and bought, she maxed them all out. She bought refrigerators and cars and she got a house and, and then she got to keep all the, and, and it worked out beautifully. She got to keep all of her assets that she just bought. That's fraud, but yeah, it was I such know a, someone who did that It was too. such a small amount to the, in the big scheme of things, right. they got away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it mm. kind of bugged me, but she did it. Well, it's not right. Anyway, let me, I'm going to go over, uh, oh, did you have more to add on your list? No. Okay. Uh, how, how, many, how much time do we have? Two minutes. All right. Here's eight myths surrounding bankruptcy. One, you automatically become debt-free. Of the six types of bankruptcy under the U.S. Bankruptcy Code, the two most common are Chapter 7 and Chapter 13. If you file Chapter 13, your debts, your debts are restructured in a way where you enter into a repayment plan for three to five years. A bankruptcy trustee distributes the payments amongst your creditors. Your repayment period may not Six, may or may not satisfy all your debts, but once it's over, any remaining unsecured debt is discharged. With discharged with Chapter 7 bankruptcy, most debts can be eliminated, but there are exceptions. 
And those are the ones we just talked about, student loans, child support, alimony, right. and some taxes, right. all right? Um, credit card debt and other debts acquired within 90 days of filing for bankruptcy may also not be discharged because these are people that are thinking about filing for bankruptcy. Sure. These are the same people that know that they've got to do it before 90 days, mm-hmm. okay? So they're waiting it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I have met people, uh, I have met with people who have incurred large amounts of debt in weeks running up to the date when they intended to file bankruptcy, some of them knowing all along that they were in deep financial trouble, and that's fraud. Yeah. Myth two, your credit for- report will no longer show your delinquent accounts post-bankruptcy. That's not true. It can be more than 10 years, and it will yeah. show for a long time. Yeah. Myth three, your credit will be destroyed for the next seven years. In general, Chapter 7 bankruptcies remain in your credit for up to 10 years and completed Chapter 13 for up to seven. However, the delinquent amounts are included in the bankruptcy may disappear off the credit report before the bankruptcy itself. So it doesn't always happen that way. And you can also, with people that really have sincerely tried to pay, um, they can work with the credit companies, Trans TransUnion, yeah. yeah. Experian, and the other one I always forget yeah. what it is. There are some good companies out there that help you. They'll make a deal And if you explain you. what the problem was, and in, in, in other words, if the creditor had a fraudulent deal, you can put that in your report explaining what the actual situation was so that perhaps the next person you try to get credit from will understand what the situation was. A myth four, debt collectors can't take your stuff. Not true. The minute you file for bankruptcy, something called the automatic stay applies to your case. This means the creditor automatically must stop any contact with you whatsoever. However, that doesn't mean that they can't come after certain belongings. According to the Federal Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, lenders may, in some cases, have the right to repossess collateral, which is the secured debt. Right. If you try to hide it, you're going to get a 523 or a 727, so don't mm-hmm, do it. Mm-hmm. Or it may get discharged when they find out you try to commit fraud to hide it. Your bankruptcy will stop all attempts to collect. Um, your bankruptcy will stop all attempts to collect. If debt is discharged in bankruptcy, you will no longer have legal obligation to pay it, but that doesn't mean the creditor won't try to get you to pay That's it. why you don't reaffirm that debt, because right. if you reaffirm that debt, then you're going to be obligated. Right. Um, after bankruptcy, you can't get credit. You can get credit, but at a much higher rate, and they're going to look into it, and yeah. it may be loan sharks, so beware. And uh, bankruptcy affects everyone's credit, affects everyone's credit the same way. That's not true. Okay. Well, that's all we've had time to cover for bankruptcy. Tony was determined. (laughs) Um, Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, You can send us your questions on Legal Connection Show. uh, And we want to remind you to serve God by serving others every day. Every day. Uh, We're here Tuesdays, 104.5 and 106.1. Have a great week.